This is Sportsnet Today with Riley Pollock and Patrick Dumas. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good morning. It is the 13th day of June. It is Sportsnet Today. My name is Ryan Pinder. There's Patty Dumas. Patty! Hello. What are we doing here? Gonna talk some spurts, I think. Ah, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, we've officially turned the page. Good flames night. talk. Good night, Flames talk. Now an afternoon show. This uh, traditionally has been hour zero of Flames talk, but with uh, little talk regarding the Calgary. Well, you know what? There's there's basically the one conversation we can only have so many days in a row. Uh, we'll be happy to talk some Flames nine to ten if we've got news. And we'll probably start there today, but we probably don't need five hours a week exclusively around the same. Has Johnny signed yet? Mm-hmm. Has Johnny signed yet? Has Maddie signed yet? Has, has Johnny signed yet? Because we'll get to Maddie, but we not we got to know if Johnny's signed yet. Because I don't think Maddie's signing if Johnny's not signed. Yeah, that's or Matthew and Jonathan or John, uh, whatever we're Matt, whatever we're calling people, it starts with the J, not the M. Right? Nobody signs unless Johnny signs. Johnny's the first domino. Mm-hmm. And if that domino goes this way, that sets off all these chain reactions. And if that domino falls that way, well, that sets off all those chain reactions, right? Right. So it's Sportsnet today, not Flames Talk. It is still brought to you by our good pals at Wild Rose Brewery, proudly brewing their beer right here in Calgary. Visit the Tap Room and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks. You can also find your favorite Wild Rose beers at bars and liquor stores around Alberta. That's lovely. That's civil. Find your favorite beers all over the province. Uh, we find ourselves asking the question um, that you probably asked all last week with Matt Rose or <laughs> Marty Rose, whoever you uh, heard last week, 9 till 10. What is the latest on Johnny Gaudreau? Well, it appears the Flames made an opening offer. What would you call it? Uh, soiree is the wrong word. An opening um, uh, volley, an opening... Uh, Perry thrust. What is it? The, the uh, uh, just chucking the napkin across the table. Yeah, let's say the, uh, uh, yeah, just the opening one. Now the Flames would love to have this done soon, but uh, Johnny is represented by a professional negotiator that understands leverage probably better than any of us do. And I don't know that there's any advantage for Johnny's camp to rush to a decision here, even if he does want to stay in Calgary. Uh, if if your job is to extract maximum value in dollars. I'm slow playing this thing. You got all the leverage, huh? Huh? So the Flames, I'm sure, would love to have this wrapped up and done. It is not. And Johnny's camp might be completely fine with it that way. All right. Well, if you're desperate to sign me now, how desperate are you going to be in two weeks? Maybe I'll get an extra half million dollars. We'll see. Uh, My thoughts are this. They remain what they have been. The Flames need Johnny Gaudreau. The Flames desperately want Johnny Gaudreau to resign. I think Johnny Gaudreau wants to be here. The question is, how do you frame all of that with a salary cap? And can you offer the largest pile of money to Johnny Gaudreau when all is said and done? If he can, you know, somehow, some way, magically through time travel, uh, know what offers would be on July 13th. Because the eighth and uh, Flames exclusive final year of the deal, eighth year only from Calgary, no one else can offer eight years. That disappears when free agency opens. So, Patrick, how would Johnny Gaudreau's agent know what he's worth on July 13 and compare it to what the Flames are offering on July 12th? I just, 
I don't know. What's that extra day going to do? I'm told uh, time is just, uh, it's a figment of our imagination. Yes. It must be. Time is a, a flat circle. Time is um, <laughs> time's a creation of, our, of ours. It's not real. Uh, the, the closer to the speed of light you travel, uh, the more time changes. It's an infinite circle. The, it's an infinite circle. So there you go. See? Did some deep, deep reading last night on artificial intelligence mm. and on uh, time passing. Somehow, someway, Johnny's Camp, I think, will uh, bend the constructs of the universe to figure out what he'll be worth on July 13th and allow them to make it a decision. Uh, are we going to stay in Calgary for the deal that the Flames have offered or do we take the deal that we somehow know is going to be there in the future instead? And uh, the whole offseason hinges on that for the Calgary Flames. There's no overstating it. There just isn't. Yeah. Your ability to re-sign Matthew Kachuk and what Matthew Kachuk's deal looks like next year I think is incredibly dependent upon what happens with Johnny Gaudreau. Well, hundred percent here. Like <laughs> this is the future of the team. This is the next ten years you got to worry about, especially for Matthew Kachuk being at twenty-four years old. He's got to worry about his next seven, eight years down the road. Well, we talked about this a while back with like Maddie's not Matthew Kachuk's maybe not concerned about signing a long-term deal with all that with because of his age. Goudreau, this might be his last chance. Johnny's a max-term deal. Kachuk, you could argue he could get it for sure, but he might be more advantageous to get back into the market when the cap's growing again and say, three, four, five summers when you're still in your 20s, then you can sign your massive term deal. If uh, We talked about that strategy a couple weeks ago, last day I was in, I believe. But uh, what I'm led to believe, and uh, from good sources, very uh, disturbingly good sources, uh, the Flames have made their opening offer to Gaudreau's agent and that uh, they've shared plans with how they envision the offseason going uh, with Johnny in the fold. And that uh, I suppose now uh, Johnny's camp would go over those the offer, go over those plans, and hopefully be closer to making a decision here. Uh, I'm a firm believer that this is an eight-digit contract if he signs in Calgary. This is not going to be less than $10 million a year. Uh, that doesn't mean that's where things start with negotiations, right? Mm-hmm. No. Like, hey, this, uh, this... like, again, <laughs> if you and I are, are d- deciding on – like uh, what would you you drive a vehicle? I'm sure, Patrick, or you have a bicycle, or it something. is a vehicle. You have a vehicle. <laughs> so if I was gonna buy your vehicle, you and I might, you know, we're good pals. Uh, hey, let's come to terms on a number. I think it's worth that. Okay, that sounds good. I'm gonna sell it to you at that number. Boy, that was easy. Mm-hmm. I told you what I thought it was worth, and you said, yeah, that's probably close to what's worth. We are not professional negotiators. Now, if Lewis Gross was negotiating your car sale to me, yeah. I might offer that number, and he's going to say, oh, geez, he's already willing to offer that? Well, I'm going to try to extract a little more from that mm. turd pender, that smarmy jerk that fills my airwaves 6 till 10 every morning, <laughs> that loser that bothers me every day, I'm punching my steering wheel, yelling, sending emails to his boss to fire him every day. That guy, I'm going to ask him for another $1,000. Yeah. But then, if I know I'm negotiating against Louis Gross, not mm-hmm. Patty Dumas, a very trustworthy, honest fellow, but a professional negotiator, an agent, someone looking to maximize value, maybe I open a little lower than what I'm actually willing to pay. Right? Yeah. You find your happy middle. Hopefully. Because if I start at what I'm willing to pay, and that professional negotiator is going to ask for more, <laughs> I'm not going to get this car. So maybe I'll limp in a little lower than what I would say, look, I, I, this is, I'm totally, this is the best offer I can offer. 
You know, like yeah. we, we we remember the you know professional negotiators. How about the uh, the Major League Baseball commissioner and the Players Association? Oh yeah, just from now, a few months back. This is the last day. If you don't sign this players, this collective bargaining agreement, we're wiping out games. You're not going to play 160. Not a full season. They did that twice. Mm-hmm. And we all knew they were lying through their teeth. They did it twice. Professional negotiators, right? They're playing 162. They blew through two deadlines <laughs> where the commissioner said, we're going to, oh, no, now you missed this day. You're not going to play 162. Mm-hmm. So I think. Whatever the Flames offer, John, they're probably willing to go more than that. Don't you? I would think so. Now, I don't know that you and I selling the car. I, I, I think we would be – we're not professional negotiators. I, there it is. I just said it. I don't know if Lewis Gross can come in and fill four hours talking about nonsense and, you know, foods and farts and cap hits and coaching changes. and. Yeah, we're not going to get the commission off whatever he gets. No, but so we're we're good at some things or better than him, and he's better than us at some things. He's a better negotiator than us. Yeah. And I don't know that uh, he doesn't uh, get more of what he wants and less of what the Flames want the longer he waits. Sad as that uh, may be for the prospective timelines of the Flames. Frank Saravelli of DailyFaceoff.com reporting the Flames are going to be very aggressive. They want to get it done soon. Timetable push. Aggressive. Cool. Guess what? You don't control the clock. Because are you really going to say no to Johnny if he comes back on July 12th and says, hey, I'd like to take that offer? Of course you're not. <laughs> right? No, they'll take him all the way until the absolute deadline here. Yes. Um, and yes, this does sound a lot like Flames Talk. Thank you. Your thoughts at 960 <laughs> I've been away for a week plus. I had a bad setup for uh, Thursday, Friday, two weeks ago. It wasn't good. You technically were gone Thursday because Friday, I don't know where you were. Uh, yeah, I don't know where you were on that last Friday. That was Friday. Yep, that was Friday. Got paid for that day, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> fool him once, shame on me. Yeah. Fool him twice. Mm. Um, yeah, Flames talk, you start, but that, that's where we're at with Gaudreau. The sides have talked. We wait. And do not be mistaken where the leverage lies. And, oh, my goodness, the Flames, what about a plan B? Don't worry. They got plan Bs. They're all over. You you are not a general manager in the NHL if you don't have contingencies for a free agent a month away from them being able to walk. And I, I don't know. It's a weird list. We talked about free agents earlier in the show, Boomer in the Morning. Grab it wherever you grab your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, uh, the, that corner store by your house. Wherever you buy your podcasts, Patrick, you can get the morning show there. Uh, I can listen to it on my iPod Nano. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I, is that, yeah, <laughs> sure. Download if it off my, still, I, yeah. yeah, okay, no, sure you could. No. I liked the Nano. That was a good one. Or did I, was it the Shuffle I had? I might have the Shuffle. The, the Nano was the, the bigger one, the, 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 mm. and they have the little color, and then they have the iPod video. Video was the big one. Video, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That was a big thing, and our kids now would laugh. Exactly. You yeah. don't have kids yet, but they'll laugh when you explain what the iPod pod was <laughs> i remember little mp3 oh gosh, players so clunky. even before ipod i remember mp3 players and have maybe you might get a gig of music on here maybe 750 megabytes of music i want to like slowly shatter the brains of my children starting with like <laughs> now here because they're just like i'll play this song and like you can literally put that song on in less than 10 seconds right you put some vinyl on for them yet 
No. Okay. But I'm gonna. I'm again. I'm gonna break them slowly and can. And I want for maximum supernovaing of their brains. Mm-hmm. I'm then gonna show them the MP3 player, right? So that's an iPod or something like that, right? Yeah. Then show them a CD. Then the cassette. <laughs> then you completely shatter their craniums with, uh, with records, right? Yeah. And I don't know that they wouldn't think that's the craziest of them all. That this massive frisbee like thing can play music. That's probably more impressive than a small computer, right? Oh yeah, they'll be obsessed. They're like, with the now needle. when was this? The record that's got to be brand new. That's incredible. How? How did they do it? <laughs> this was printed fifty years ago, and it sounds so this good. This little needle thing going around the track, going around the racetrack in circles, left oh, turns only that. Nashville, like that plays music. How? Well, of course the computer can. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But this, this plastic crap can is that's music? No. Anyway, I'm not sure how we got there, but uh, we were talking about it. It's a weird list of free agents this summer. Yeah. There's a lot of guys you could envision going right back where they came from. Evgeny Malkin, a penguin. Sounds right, because it has been its whole career. Chris Letang, a penguin. Sounds right, because it has been his whole career. Philip Forsberg, a predator. Sounds right, because it has been nearly his whole career. It was a bad deal. Martin Erat for him. Remember that trade? 2013. Oh, David Boyle, that might be his best. And George McPhee, you've made a lot of good deals. That's your worst. I believe it was UFA forward Martin Erat, depth forward for eh, pretty darn good prospect, Philip Forsberg. But you know what? Something about the shine coming off here. I don't know. Must have had a bad month over in Sweden or something. Forsberg scored 42 goals this year. That was a one for one. Oof. 2013, you say? At the time, yeah, it was the lockout year. So, like, the half year we started in January. Yeah, 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 yeah. Erat was the Predators' leading scorer when he was traded. With what, like 40 points? 21. (laughs) (laughs) That's two things. That's very lockout-y, and it's very predatory. Yeah. Like, the the leading scorer of all time. It's like Hartnell and Arnott, and you're like, oh, boy, this wasn't. uh..." And then Forsberg came, and everything changed. They had a goal score. Huh? Yeah. But he can go back to Nashville. That's not crazy at all. Claude Giroux still talking about winning a cup with the Panthers. He can go back there. Patrice Bergeron's a Bruin through and through. Yeah, it's that or retirement for him, I think. And one of the theories I heard from someone that works in an NHL front office uh, over the last two weeks was maybe he does the uh, Tuka Rask thing. Mm, okay. Which Take is, the first uh, I'm going to take my time. Off. And you know what I really don't miss? is uh, 82 game regular seasons. I mean, it's going to suck there. Why don't I do 40? Or you know what? How bad are the Bruins going to be you in the first Shan half of the year? For first couple months. Grizzlick, McAvoy, he. Like, if they're going to be dead last and close to Connor Bedard territory, I don't know that they nor Patrice Bergeron want to reunite. I think the fan base there would be okay with a little one-year up and down. I think they're the frustrated. We're frustrated with management. Like you heard, like uh, they had, they prom- Bruce Cassidy was prom. Yeah. After the interview, after the, after the season ended. Oh yeah. You'll keep your job. Mm. Two weeks later, they show up at his house. No. Hey, can we invite ourselves over to your house and fire you? How's tomorrow? Oh, <laughs> worst. Oh, but uh, like, like Boston's, you know, they're in that like, okay, well they've got the guy like, what's it not like we, you know, it, it's a mystery there, Boston. They, okay, it, so here's here's what I, you're trying to make brusque, like, Here's where we're at with Boston. 
Bergeron's not what he was. He's still a great player. Does he want back? Does he want to retire? Christ They're going to be missing three very good players for at least half the season. McAvoy, their best defenseman. Grizzlick, a top four defenseman. And Marchand, arguably the best forward. I mean, depends on Bergeron's back. And certainly, Pasternak's a better finisher, but all-around play, Marchand's a phenomenal player, right? We mm-hmm. get that. You just mentioned DeBrusque. That's an awkward situation. They literally extended him rather than leave him as an RFA with Arbrights because they thought we've, getting we've, rid of the fear of the qualifying offer of the Arb case would make him a more marketable asset. Yeah, there was a possibility he was could have been moved that day because, oh, well, don't don't believe the, the signing with everything. That's just for the next team. And that might help him get moved to mm-hmm. the deadline. He didn't, and he actually played pretty well down the stretch and into the playoffs. Like that, They're a fascinating team to me because we look at them as one of those four big teams in the Atlantic, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden with the injury issues, with Bergeron's uncertainty, I don't think they are. I think there's a big three in the Atlantic now. I think it's Tampa, Florida, Toronto. And so there might be wiggle room for a Montreal, for a Buffalo who was much improved down the stretch, for a Detroit who's very, very young with cap space and could make some serious moves this offseason. Don't know about Ottawa. I think I'm doing these things. But uh, point being, we sort of thought there was four spots just uh, we'll lock them in already for the Atlantic, and they did last year. Christmas, you already knew who the eight teams in the East were who were going to make the playoffs, right? So Bergeron, going back to the Bruins, I've, I've unloaded my theory. I think he waits and sees, potentially. Theory slash what I heard might happen. Um, and it's interesting. It makes sense from both ways. Mm-hmm. If you're Patrice, you're 36. You turn 39 this summer. Or excuse me, 37? You don't go 36. You turn 37? It's going to be here. It's a weird birthday. He ages three years. Uh, is it a leap year? No, that doesn't work that way. It's the other way. Uh, he's going to be 37. Can you ease him in? And you know what? The flip side of them being bad with all those guys gone and like maybe he doesn't want to go there. If they could be like 500 and in the chase and you get all those guys back, you're going to be good, right? Yeah. And I think it's your own very trade appetizing deadline acquisitions. And if they're going to suck, well, now we can pick a spot where we can go try to win another cup, right? Yeah, I don't know that he wants to necessarily leave Boston, but if they're dead last, that might help the process a little. Just like I don't know that Johnny's going to re-sign in Calgary if they're last in the NHL this year. Them getting to the second round, I think, is a big, big part of believing this group can win moving forward, right? Yeah. That's part of the pitch that the Flames are going to make to Johnny. We changed our coach. Look at the culture. Look at this core we've got. There's some. If, if you're here, we've got some pillars to be competitive for a while. And not just competitive, but like, man, if our goalie's a little better, maybe we're in the Western Conference final. Or, you know, if we can sort out, iron out a few things on the blue line and we have a healthy Christana, maybe, you know, you can you can sell hope in Calgary. If they were last in the league, he's gone. He's out of here. So that's like a, a big start on the list of free agents this year. Malkin we talked about, Latang we talked about. Cop fit in lovely in New York. I think the Rangers got to do everything to bring him back. The question is, what do they, they have for cap space? Yeah. It sounds like Ryan Strom, it's the opposite where he did he was a valuable part for them, but it's probably not going to be back there. I don't know. It's I just yeah, it's weird to see free agents this late and usually they go, but I could see a lot of guys returning. Like if the if the Lightning found room for Andre Palat, would you be surprised? No. Exactly. But uh yeah, like the, the Rangers got what they got, they got 13 million here. They got the two RFAs in uh in Capo and Caco and Gauthier. And then it's the UFAs. It's like the most attractive you might you might you could probably bring back Tyler Mott. I think he you'd want to bring him back. He was great for the Rangers and Cop. I think those are the two guys you want to really focus on. I think you can get Cop in at four or five million a year. Like 
American guys only played yeah. in Winnipeg. It's his first shot at free agency. He's 27. He's got his bud there with True. Probably have to uh, show the dough. Yeah. Right. And so all that's tied into Johnny in a sense. And I don't know what to expect so much as I'm still kind of at where I was where at the end of the year, where I think it's probably a little better than 50 50. He's back here. But we don't know what numbers are being exchanged, and we don't know where the walkaway point is for both sides. For the Flames to say, you know what, that number, too big, we can't go there. Johnny's camp to be like, that number, too small, we can't go there. We don't know those numbers, right? He said publicly he likes it here. His wife loves it here. Um, I, I believe him on those fronts. I know a lot of people haven't believed him. There's been a lot of people that have thought this thing was in ink and dried years ago which was a preposterously horrible take because the only thing he ever said publicly was how much he liked the place. Now, you know, there's good PR, but there's also just like, just because someone's not from here doesn't mean they want to play here. Like Craig Conroy's made his home here. Where's yeah. Craig Conroy from? Is he an Airdrie guy? <laughs> no. Is he Okotoks? He's upstate New York. Is it Vulcan? Red Deer? Where is it? Where in Southern Alberta is Craig Conroy from for him to actually, you know, want to be here, return here after leaving once, and then decide to pick up his post-playing career in upper management here? Where in Alberta is it? What's it called again? Potsdam, New York. Potsdam, Alberta. Potsdam, New York, Alberta. <laughs> Boy, that's a long name. <laughs> right? Like, it's, I don't know. There's a lot to be made about hometowns. They're always going to be hometowns. That's great. Like, Kale McCarr probably going to resign with the Avs in this deal's up. I would think so. And that doesn't mean he doesn't like Calgary. He can come home every summer. Great point. Eh. I think he's, stay there you know, he was happy to resign in Tampa. That doesn't mean he doesn't <laughs> like Calgary. He can still come back every summer. So, we shall see. Uh, that's the, the flamesy version of Sports Talk Today's opening segment. How'd we do? Pretty good. Very pindery, like all over the place, random, <laughs> bit yelly, a little rammy. We didn't mention eight tracks. You got any eight tracks? Yeah, I mentioned vinyl. So, is is eight track has to be considered vinyl? Correct. No, eight track is a tape deck type of thing. You put in the. Is it okay? It's in a car. You put I it thought in the it was car. similar similar technology. No, it was before cassettes. Okay. Well, let's see this now. I'm blown. My mind's getting blown. Didn't expect this to happen so early. Uh, here's what we'll tell you about Sportsnet today. This is the program nine till ten. If you're trying to find us on the podcast, it'll be in the Boomer in the Morning section of the podcast archive universe, right? So we're no longer yes. in the Flames Talk segment. We're in the Boomer in the Morning segment. Whatever. Cool. Uh, what you can expect, a lot of Blue Jays talk. We'll come back and have some of that. We'll be talking some Calgary FC as well as their season is in full swing. And uh, more than that, remember that rough start they got off to? Patty, what was it, like two losses and a draw in their first three games. Yeah, winless in the first three, that sounds right. Like, oh, boy, they lost in York. They lost to Ottawa. They tied someone else out there, Forge. Like, yeah. Oh, boy. They almost lost to Forge. They needed the goal at the end. Uh... No, never leave a Forge Cavalry game early. Never. Always a late goal. Always. Stoppage time. Okay, now we're getting started. Uh, they are now five wins and a draw in their last six games of league play and nearly toppled the, the Whitecaps there in uh, Canadian Championship play, which lost is not penalties. Play. Yeah, and had a lead. What? Yeah. 84th minute or something, 87th yeah. first minute. 85th, they tied 85th it. 85th minute, yeah. there you go. So we'll be talking with them. I also, uh, I, I, I'm I very excited about, uh, well, we've got NBA Finals. We have a lot of Blue Jays. Blake Murphy's going to join us on Wednesday. You got Tommy a weekend. Tomorrow. You got a weekend coming up, too. That's oh, got a little I bit do. of a sport I need you event. to help me here. So can we, can we do five minutes on this when I come back? Yes. Uh, my brother... 
uh, weird times, pandemic, right? Got married April. Stag this weekend. Montreal F1, let's go. I need you to learn me up on F1. Because, you know, if, if I was a big F1 nerd, I'd be talking about, uh, you know, which constructors, wings of the, oh, the adjustment here, and oh, now that this driver's making this salary, and I, I know some of the team names and driver names, that's it. And I'm cramming the uh, drive to survive this season, which was last season, I'm told. Yeah. Like two episodes in, it's, I'm going to watch three or four a day until uh, we arrive there on the weekend. We'll come back and Dumas is going to learn me up because the one thing I've learned about you, um, you're a superb tweeter of the tweets. I don't know that people know this, but I do. And you've got hot takes on like ATP 500 events. <laughs> like I've seen you tweet about IndyCar, NASCAR, and F1 all in the same weekend. That was Memorial Day. That was a big weekend. You're talking about <laughs> Bundesliga results, <laughs> FA Cup. Like it, you are. Just put me on There mute. is no sport you are not weighing in on. And I'm, we're all smarter for it. I'm a big fan. Thank you. So F1, when we come back, you're going to tell me what I need to know without ruining uh, Drive to Survive and Thrive and Alive and Five Alive, whatever that show is (laughs) that I'm watching to get ready for this weekend. When we come back, Sportsnet Today, uh, it is brought to you by our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Proudly brewing their beer right here in Calgary. How about that? Uh, You can find their tap room and restaurant in the Curry Barracks or find your favorite Wild Rose beers at liquor stores and bars around the province. Sportsnet 960, the fan. June 13, where's the time gone? Goodness. It's my first day working in June. <laughs> Might be. No. Uh, no, I worked first and second. Kind of. Air quotes. Uh, Sportsnet today. My name is Ryan Pinder. That's Patty Duma. Brought to you by our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. And the tags for Rick Ball still in here, even though we two weeks ago told them. Hmm. Uh, Wild Rose Brewery, proudly brewing the beer right here in Calgary. Visit the taproom and restaurant in the Curry Barracks or find your favorite Wild Rose beer at bars and liquor stores around the province. You've got five minutes, Patrick. All right. This is, uh, I think there used to be a show on TV where you had to like fake it to make it and then you'd have like one day to cram <laughs> and then you had to like blend in with professionals at their job and someone had to pick out like who the phony was. So they, they, they'd give people crash courses on like how to DJ mm-hmm. and you're like, now which guy was just trained today? It was like some crappy reality show. You need to, you, you've got four days to transform me into an F1 uh, fan. Uh, here's what I know about F1. Uh, they do more than just left turns. That is correct. It's open wheel racing, I'm told. Not mm. the, uh, they don't look like cars. So they're they they not stock the cars. Uh, they travel to very, very sexy places in the world, like very Singapore, sexy. Monaco. Baku. Uh, Azerbaijan. Yes. And a mixed bag, I guess. Hey, Baku's, you know, it, that place is growing. It's getting good. They're right on the Black Sea. Sure. <laughs> what do you said? Um, and I know that there, there's obviously very famous uh, and internationally renowned manufacturers, constructors of cars that mm-hmm. compete. And also those teams include uh, race car drivers who compete for a title. Uh, please help. I'm going to be in Montreal this weekend for F1. Help me now. Okay, well, uh, you know, Red Bull Racing, they're the top guys, Max Verstappen and uh, Sergio Perez. Uh, they've won pretty much everything this year. They're running away with the standings, too. So those are the guys you're going to be, uh, they'll probably be the favorites heading in. Not the greatest year from Mercedes. Mm. Um, they are down uh, this year with Lewis Hamilton. And Are they resting on their laurels? 
I don't know. Like they, they, Lewis has won so much. They won the title. Like you know, it's just it's just I don't know. It, it's something with the car. They've been having trouble with this porpoising effect more so than other teams. We saw Lewis Hamilton yesterday at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. If you watched it, he got out of his car very gingerly because of his back being so messed up because of the bouncing at that mm. high rate of speed on the track. So it's uh, it's a little bit messed up. Uh, Ferrari's really good in, on on pole day. They can get they can qualify well. Mm. But they just can't finish well. So okay. So those are the guys. There's a couple Canadians you can watch for uh, Nicholas Latifi and Lance Stroll. Um, they're Crazy. not very good. Which teams do they race for? I'm going to put you on the spot. I here. believe Stroll's with Aston Martin. He has uh, Sebastian Vettel. Yep. As, uh, oh, God, I'm, not, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on uh, where uh, Latifi is at. We'll, we'll, we'll test your Googling while you're on the air skills, which are a very important skill to hone as a broadcaster oh, in sports know. talk. You got to know. Lick Nicholas Latifi. He is, uh, he's with Williams. Williams. Yes. Okay. Now, Williams, they used to be a real good F1 team. How long so ago? Because I do remember them being very good. But then, 20, 25 years ago? Yeah. Probably. See, that is a while ago. Yeah. Back when, like, Jacques Villeneuve was racing at Circuit du... Circuit, uh, his dad named after Villeneuve. his dad. Yeah, Gilles. <laughs> Gilles Villeneuve. Dad Villeneuve. It's beautiful on the island. They got the they got the Expo 67 set up there still. Right I remember like it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, Have you been? I've never been to Montreal. It's been, uh, I know Steinberg was supposed to go the year the pandemic hit. He did. He has gone once at least, I'm told. I think so, yeah. Uh, it's definitely up there on a, on a, it's the only Canadian stop in the F1. Yeah. They, they are coming to North America more. Vegas is getting a race next year. Yeah. Not this fall, but the fall after yeah, that, US people are already buying hotel rooms and Oof. like booking plans. And, and it's a Saturday night race. Not a night a race on the strip. Yeah. No less. Only Vegas could pull off this crap. Yeah. So it's, how are you racing on the strip? That's insane. This, I love it. The sport in North America has grown tenfold and it's helped to drive to survive on Netflix. Uh, I think the personalities are, are there for a lot of people that, they get these guys. They're they're younger drivers. Uh, you know, Michael Schumacher's kid is racing now. So that is his kid, yeah. Because hey? I've heard is. his name a bit and yeah. very infrequently at the beginning of uh, the last Nick. season of Drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's uh, it's fun time, man. You're gonna have a hell of a time there. Uh, that that track, the drivers love that. That's one of the classic tracks in F1. So cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I feel smarter already. You're going to have fun. We'll dive in tomorrow as well. I need sure. updates on the Constructor Series and the drivers. Okay. It sounds like Red Bull, but I don't know which driver's winning. So we're going to that save for tomorrow. Okay. Don't overload me all at once because I, I got some golf hot takes as well. Okay. We'll get you. We'll get you because it's not just the race you got to go to. You, there's, the, there's, there's qualifying. There's practice. Yeah, I'm not going to practice. You're not going to practice. go to qualifying and we are going to go to the race. Okay. But the qualifying is definitely, I think almost obviously qualifying is almost more of the highlight mm, of the weekend don't sometimes. Don't say that. But it's, it seems not, boring. I don't know. They're, they're on there all at once. And it was like watching that one for Azerbaijan. It was crazy watching them. Like the clock's counting down. You're like, oh, i got to hit this speed. And they did it. It was crazy. Okay, well, I'm overloaded. So you're going to have to save your qualifying right, we'll, we'll, nonsense for tomorrow. We'll go tomorrow. Uh, the Live Golf Tour yeah, happened this weekend. It was just outside of London. $25 million purse, which is what we're told all these purses are going to be. It's divvied up between the individual winner and the team winners as they separate into teams for team play component as well as individual. The field was very lackluster, but it did have Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and uh, Charles Schwartzel, among others, who he eventually won it, the latter. Uh, he made $4.75 million beating up on a field of players not nearly as good as the field that was in Toronto, Ontario for the RBC Canadian Open, the PGA Tour stop. We had him, Adam Stanley, on earlier this morning, and I love Adam. He does great work. But Adam Stanley felt like a guy that covered a PGA Tour event this weekend that didn't want to talk about the Live Golf Tour. 
Yep. And I kind of was trying to point out the, um, I guess, conflicting conversation versus actions that PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan has had. Uh, they're, they're basically downplaying this tour, calling it a, a series of exhibitions. But then they're also banning guys that are going to the exhibition. Like, if it's just an exhibition, why do you care, guys? Like, don't act not threatened and act threatened at the same time. You're clearly threatened, and you should be. Because all the guys that, not all the guys, Patrick Reed's going over, Bryson DeChambeau's going to go over, they're going to win a ton because they're not great fields over there relative to the PGA Tour at this point. So if those were our guys already winning tournaments in the PGA Tour, well, you're going to go, what, four times the, the pool, the pot? Three times the earnings? In, in terms of, like, first place or overall purses for tournaments? Like, if I'm already despised or, like, not popular at heel, like, I'm going. Give me the money. Let's go. If I'm an older guy like Phil where it's like maybe I could win one event a year, well, now I might have a chance of three or four, and you're going to pay me how much dough to come over? These guys are going to triple their career earnings. Huge money. Especially so, for the, the low guys like Henny Duplass. Like, so if you're the PGA Tour, stop pretending this isn't a threat. You've lost three players that are probably top 10 brands mm-hmm. in the world. DJ, Adam Stanley played it down. Like, yeah, well, there's a good... Look, Dustin Johnson's a superstar in the sport. Dustin Johnson might not be the best player in the world at the moment, but at any given moment, he's one of the best five. Is he not? Like, go look at the majors. Who is going to have a better resume than him when it's all said and done that's playing right now? I don't know. Like, Tiger's hurt, so not him. Like, he he might be the best. Now, he Rory's might not. probably better than him. Well, I don't know. I feel like Dustin's got more majors. Am I crazy? Like uh, go- Dustin's got two. He's finished tied for second okay. twice. So he doesn't so have as many. That's my bad. So he's close. Like, he's he's finished tied for t- second twice. But they're in the same the- bracket, yeah. right? Yeah. And so don't shrug off Dustin Johnson leaving. That's a problem if the tour's going to lose players like Dustin Johnson. And, uh, yeah, Patrick Reed's not that popular, and Bryson DeChambeau's, uh, you know, socially weird. Uh, you know, he rubs people the wrong way. Boy, is he, why is he opening his mouth? What's the spat with Brooks? That's That guy is a soap opera that is good for the business. Remember they put in that, like, social media bonus into salaries? Like, whoever creates the most buzz online is going to get an extra $10 million or whatever? He's good at that, DeChambeau. Mm-hmm. I don't think he means to be, but he is. And... Getting your sport talked about, even if it's not super positive light, like Bryson DeChambeau, for example, that's important for the sport. Like when we went to a few of the last majors, it was Brooks versus Bryson. That was a big deal. You've removed one of the villains. That's not good for your business. So stop pretending it's an exhibition series that doesn't matter and then threatening to ban people for life. You can't have it both ways. You're either threatened or you're not. It's either a real tour that you're worried about or it's an exhibition. You can't play it both ways. Because they've let guys play in Dubai all the time on the European tour and then come over and join the PGA Tour once they're through their California swing in Florida. Like, it's really normal behavior to play on multiple tours. Now they're acting like it's this crazy thing no one does. I don't buy it. It's it's, it's total hogwash. It's the stupid... Sti- it's the I don't know what to call it stupid. It's the stigma around of where is this coming from? Where is yes. the money coming from? And that's the only thing that people seem to hang their hat on here. So this is exactly correct. You've nailed it. If this was um, a British billionaire fronting this thing... We're, we're, David Br- uh, Richard Branson. Sure, yeah. So, Richard so Branson if put Richard together, Branson yeah. starts up this, this live golf, what's Jay Monahan's line now? 
Yeah, there, I believe there's a clip there about them talking about, like, because they had to talk about to like the 9-11 Families Coalition and all this, and they sent a letter to to Phil and Dustin and all this saying they're disappointed and all this. It's like... Let's hear from yeah. Jay. You've got the clip. Let's hear from Jay. We'll react further. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've, and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9-11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones. And so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? Okay, so he's suggesting that this is dishonorable to, to work for uh, the people that are funding this uh, tour, which you can suggest. Uh, but the U.S. is bringing in sort of between like 5 and $15 billion of Saudi oil every year. Like, does, does Jay Monahan apologize for filling his car? <laughs> like, there, there's quite a... You're painting them as the bad guys here, but you're more than happy to buy other things from Saudi, right? And it's like, there's massive human rights issues going on in China, and like 90 plus, like almost all consumer goods are built there, right? You like, have problems in your own country. Yes, well, never <laughs> mind that, because that's fine, and I get it, like... To just pick the villains, oh, well, now yeah. it's sports. Now we've drawn the line. It's because they're miles away. You can say that. You know what? I was happy to fill up my car this morning. No problem there. But now that it's golf, I'm drawing a line on the Saudis here. You know what? I'm happy to all these things I just bought off the internet got shipped from China and say made in China on the back. I'm okay with that. But you know what? Golf, I won't stay. I can't have it for my golf. My golf has to be pure. It just It's weird where people are drawing lines here. And I think it's probably good strategy if you're the PGA to like, this is nothing to do with 9-11 I'm sorry as much as you know filling up your car is something to do with 9-11 horrible horrible thing yes just like horrible horrible things happening in China that we have no issue with outsourcing all of our manufacturing on earth to China basically like I'm not trying to get political here but it's it's clearly a threat to the PGA tour and they're acting like it's a threat and then talking like it's not a threat and I think the end result's going to be a good thing, not a bad thing. And it doesn't mean that Live Golf succeeds or even exists down the road. But the PGA Tour's got to get better now. What are you going to do to retain talent? What are you going to do to keep eyeballs on your tour, not the other one? And what are you going to do to make your tour- your tournaments better? Sure They're not well. bad, but you can do better. You've been a little... I mean, competition's good for anyone. If there was another sports talk radio station that opened in the city, we'd be better. And that's not to say we don't do a good job, but if you're competing against no one, how are you sharpening your tools? You're just doing what you need to do. And that's been the PGA Tour forever. Now there's a threat. I think it's going to be better for the PGA Tour in the long run. I'm not here to say, go live golf. I want to go take my money. No, but their actions on this are totally two-faced. Yeah, it's just an exhibition. No big deal. Look at all our players. Oh, by the way, you're banned if you go touch them. Crazy. Uh, 9.52, we're out. Sportsnet Today, rousing show. We'll be back tomorrow for today, tomorrow, and then the day after tomorrow, we'll do Sportsnet Today then, and at that point yesterday, we'll have done Sportsnet Today as well. JM Show, Jeff Merrick Show with Jeff Merrick coming up next. Sportsnet 96 of that is brought to you by our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery.
Check out the Taproom and Restaurant in the Curry Barracks or find your favorite Wild Rose beer at bars and liquor stores around the province. Sports at 960 The Fan.